Well, if you are an avid listener of the Totally Indian Football Show, you must have noticed a slight delay in the release of an episode for this week. But I think uh, all blame is to me, as I was, I think, uh, still getting back uh, to the routine as I was back from Bangalore uh, after a short break, and uh, it took some time for me to get back to you know streamlining things. But uh, finally, here we are with an episode, and I have a very special guest joining us from Bangalore, though we did not meet there. I am glad that we can speak uh, on the show today. You are listening to the Totally Indian Football Show with me, your host Siju, and let me first welcome Sarthak to the show. Hi, Siju. Really, uh, really happy to be here, and uh, yeah, I'm doing well. Great. I think we have we are now two people, uh, both of us who both have a podcast, and we are all equipped with our mics. So you know, our sound engineer today will be the happiest to edit the show. Let's get into it, Sarthak. Uh, you are a director at Double Pass. You're also a co-founder at the Double Pass Development League, which is, uh, I must say, since the start, has been the talk of the town for grassroots football, and rightly so. Uh, but let's start from the top, right? Uh, if you can tell us more about what this Double Pass is and what it does, and uh, yeah, first things that, and then we'll get into how the league came about. Sure. Uh, so. Double Pass is actually a Belgian-based football consulting company, right? We we work with you know some of uh, the the biggest leagues around the world, you know the likes of the Premier League, the Bundesliga, uh, you know of course in Belgium as well, uh, in in with the J League in Japan, where our primary goal is to help the football academies, to help the leagues um, actually produce more and better players, and you know how we do that is by by obviously doing a lot of analysis work, doing a lot of um you know observational work uh you know educating the staff that's working at these academies and uh you know working working on processes you know improving processes uh that are related to talent development now this is what we do internationally and i basically manage their business here in india where you know our role is to uh you know try and improve the talent development processes in the country you know how can we uh you know add to this ecosystem whether it's through consulting whether it's uh, through education um you know or assessment of football academies you can you can think of us as the football auditors right um you know that's that's the 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 line of work that we're into and it it's all ultimately to produce uh, more and better players right and how have you been working with the indian ecosystem for that matter indian football so uh you know when you look at the more developed markets around the world when you look at south america when you look at europe uh, you know these are these are markets where football you know it's it's ingrained culturally into the system uh, you know you have football being played week in week out uh, the grassroots level uh, uh, you know the investment at the grassroots level is is very strong the uh, the eyeballs at at even grassroots level the talent identification and and recruitment processes are very strong uh so what works in europe what works in south america it just cannot be lifted and shifted in, into the indian ecosystem that's that's the very first thing that that we have understood right so in india what we're doing is we are first trying to set up the ecosystem right when there isn't anything to assess where there isn't much you can go and audit and uh you know consult with the first process that you need to do is set up that ecosystem yourself at the grassroots level uh of course it it will never be exactly the same as europe you have to customize it to india you have to work with the the environment that's here 
but yeah, that's that's what we're trying to do with uh, with the Double Pass Development League. You know, where we're actually working the other way around. We are starting off at the grassroots level. Uh, you know, trying to get more and more academies involved. Uh, trying to get grassroots small football academies who, uh, you know, whether it's just a local football coach who's played at at the national level. Uh, you know, and he's just running a small uh, ecosystem at uh, you know you know within an apartment or or with at at a local ground. You know, getting these kind of people involved, getting uh, getting the ecosystem up and running. Basically, that's that's what we're doing in India first. Right now, and this development uh, double pass development league started in two thousand and nineteen, if I'm not wrong. And uh, you know, you guys had a successful season back then, six hundred plus matches for the age categories of under seven, under nine, and under eleven. Uh, it's also the largest grassroots league approved by IFF and the KSFA, and it also comes under the baby leagues or currently known as the Golden Baby Leagues. Um, now, as you mentioned of the whole understanding the ecosystem and how things are different elsewhere and you can't just copy-paste things here, was that the main reason to start and kickstart something like a development league? Yeah, absolutely, uh, Siju. So, I mean, how it all started off was, you know, you know, understanding the differences between the European market and the Indian market, right? What is the gap uh, at the grassroots level and and the very first gap that we identified uh, was competition right uh, when there is competition at the grassroots level when there is organized you know an an organized competitive setup you know the the ecosystem automatically blooms around it right it very organically blooms around it uh, and that's what that's what has been culturally engraved into europe you know those guys know that they are training from monday to friday whether two times three times a week right and they they are they are just, you know, um, they're not just training, but they're also executing at the end of, uh, at the end of training sessions through a match on the weekend, you know, which is either on a Saturday or, or Sunday or sometimes both. Now, that's the biggest gap that we identified that in India, what's happening is there are plenty of football academies. There are plenty of schools who are running uh, football programs, right? Everyone's doing their own thing, but there isn't a platform that's bringing everyone together. Uh, you know, under one roof so that you can execute whatever you've learned during the week. You know, that's that's the very first thing that you need uh, in terms of competition. And, and yeah, that's that's where we started off identifying that as a gap, convincing football academies, convincing, um, you know, coaches to to come and be a part of this experience and engage with football over a longer period of time. You know, our school competitions, if if I can ask you, Siju, I mean, if, if you've played any sport at the school level, uh, you know, how many how many matches do you think you you would have played uh, throughout a season? You know, if if I may ask you. Well, the question, I mean, the answer ends right there. Where did I have? There was no nothing for girls in our school, so you know the the answer ends right there. Uh, but even if we had, like, say for example, other schools did have their competition, or even our boys, there were hardly any. You know, maybe it just went on for a month, and then unless you qualify to a certain stage. Uh, then you're even done with probably three or four games the entire year. Uh, that's about it. Exactly. So that's that's the that's the first problem that that we were trying to solve. That you know, our kids are firstly engaging with the sport at a very uh, late age, right? On on average, kids are probably starting to play the game at the age of eleven, twelve. Uh, but can we can we decrease that number? You know, can we bring it down to five, six, seven? Can we get kids? Uh, starting to play a lot earlier and not just starting a little earlier but also engaging with the sport over a longer period of time not just these these weekend tournaments or or you know one month uh, tournaments but 
actually over a period of time, uh, you know, six months, seven months, eight months, where, where they're able to play week in, week out. And and uh, and yeah, that's that's the first thing that we're trying to do. Right. Now, I'm someone who likes the whole uh, process of research and getting things together before mm-hmm. actually putting into implementation. So I'm sure there's a lot that you guys, uh, like you rightly mentioned, you had to study this ecosystem. You were, things were different here, uh, reaching out to clubs, academies and coaches to be part of this. So if you can probably tell us a little more about what exactly went in. Did you reach out to people probably to set up this entire league? Because it's not uh, an easy task to start a league from scratch and and then officially get approved by the state and the the body from the con- the country's body so how did that go about uh, did you have people outside your ecosystem in terms of you know reaching out to people who know the grassroots football scene here uh, to get in more inputs and then you know lay down something really nice yeah i would uh, i would say the the start was first convincing people on the why right you know why is competition important why do you need to engage with the sport uh, more regularly I think that was the the first uh, the first hurdle that we had to cross. So it was convincing academies, uh, you know, to to change their training schedules also for us. It was convincing, uh, you know, coaches who are working in in small, uh, you know, hyper local environments in in small, uh, you know, hotspots in in the city to come and and you know get a team along, uh, build a team together and come participate in the competition. It was, yeah, it was convincing parents as well, you know, because parents are are not used to this. They they usually are used to the more traditional Indian uh, tournament system where it's just you know one or two games of of no, uh, sorry one or two days of knockout competition and and it's it's done with so convincing them to come week in week out from all parts of the city uh, you know convincing coaches parents yeah so that that was how it all started uh, but you know once once like I said once the ecosystem blooms and once people see uh, that kids are learning something week in, week out. You know, it doesn't matter whether you're winning or you're losing these matches. But as long as you're learning something, you're taking away something, some learning outcomes. Uh, you know, there's the parents automatically started looking forward to the next week. The coaches automatically started, um, you know, connecting their training sessions to the next match that's coming up. Uh, you know, connecting uh, whatever learnings they took from the previous match, uh, the mistakes that their players made, the mistakes that they themselves as coaches made you know, the next week now gave them an opportunity to to correct those mistakes and come back and uh, and, and learn again, you know. Uh, so it, it it has been a process and uh, it takes a bit of time. And obviously, uh, we we were inspired by the All India Football Federation coming up with, um, with the whole baby leagues concept, you know, that uh, I think the incentive that they gave to, to leagues and, and the importance that they uh, that they shared onto grassroots football was also important, right? Uh, and so, yeah, that's that's how the connection came later. You know, automatically once once you're running matches week on week, um, you know, parents are coming in week on week and enjoying the experience. I think automatically, uh, you know, people start talking about it, and 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 more more people and more academies want to want to be a part of it. Right now, as you were doing your research, and then finally you actually kickstarted the season—a good response. You know, you had six hundred plus matches across three age categories. Uh, if I may ask you now again, maybe it's too early to ask, but with the time that you spent in the city of Bangalore um, and the research that you've taken up and find you know doing the league, what do you think are your major learnings at this point about grassroots football from the city of Bangalore? I think, like you said, it's it's too early to. Uh, to 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 think that we have we have achieved everything that that we set out for, right? Our vision 
is not just to stick to the city of Bangalore, but it's it's to impact Indian football as a whole, right? That's our vision. And to take this to to other cities, you know, how can we learn what's going on in in Kerala? How can we learn what's going on in in Mumbai, um, and and kind of set up and customize our leagues to that environment? Uh, how can we enter a very difficult market like Calcutta and you know learn from their existing uh, issues and then and uh, try and set up a league there? So our vision and our plan is to to take DPDL as a league uh, to to multiple hotspots around the country. But in terms of learnings that that we have taken, I mean, every single day is a learning here, Siju. Like, you know, uh, the the very basics. I think my my biggest learning is doing and executing the basics right. Um, you know, making sure games start on time. Uh, you know, making sure the parents have a good experience uh, because they are the ones who are who are who are engaging with us week in week out. The ones who will make a decision on whether the child has to come back and and stay involved with the sport as well next season or not. Uh, you know, it's it's about doing the basics right, uh, making sure the referees are the referees are all um, you know well looked after because there is no football without referees, right? There is no game without without them. Uh, you know, making sure all our processes, everything is followed, uh, you know, to the T. So, yeah, I'm, it's it's about it's about taking learnings every single day, and and we face different kinds of situations. It's like I can never make one SOP and stick to it for for the leagues because you know one day one coach will be fighting with you the other day another parent will be fighting with you um, and you have to take into consideration everything um, so but but yeah like if just to answer your question it's it's about learning every single day from this and and making your league uh, the best possible experience uh, for the kids and the the coaches and parents Right now, when you guys started off, uh, you started off, you know, with a bang, but you also had challenges right at the start. You know, you started in 2019, and then comes a year uh, where two, almost two two and a half years goes by because of the pandemic. Uh, now, how did you guys, you know, probably jump up from there? Because it it's not very easy to get back uh, post pandemic, especially something that you started and you got a good response. So it's not necessary that you know, the response could be at the same level as you guys started. So how has it been post the pandemic and now things have opened up uh, with the current season? How is, you know, the, the question, the cliche question, how is the Josh like right now in the city? Um, so we, we're currently doing season two. And yeah, like you rightly mentioned, the pandemic was, uh, it, it was a very challenging phase for us because we lost the momentum, right? Our, our season uh, just ended in March and then the pandemic hit. The, the season one that that ended and we got a very good response for it. So, um, you know, but one good thing that happened is although we lost the momentum, the parents, the coaches and, and the academies did not forget us. You know, when when a team like Bengaluru FC, which is an Indian Super League club, you know, you know, they keep reaching out to you and, and checking, okay, when are you guys starting? Uh, you know, after every wave, we were getting messages from the parents. Um, when you get the local football academies, you know, the likes of Boca Juniors, BBFS, everyone reaching out and just staying in, in touch, um, you know, to, to understand when the league is starting uh, again. That, that obviously gave us a bit of hope and we were just waiting for the right time to do it. So, yeah, last year in December, um, just before the third wave, actually, we, we, started, uh, we started the league again. Of course, had to keep in mind all the health and safety protocols, uh, you know, make sure that there is no... Uh, uh, no chance that that we leave, you know, for for us being questioned on on anything. So, uh, 
yes, the response from season one to season two, there were a few, uh, if you ask me, Siju, there were a few small academies that actually shut down. Um, you know, a lot of small grassroots setups were affected by this, uh, by the pandemic. So some of, you know, I would say three, four small academies that were part of season one, they, they don't even exist anymore. Um, but obviously those coaches have moved on. They've, they've started new ventures. Uh, there are other people who've entered the ecosystem. So I would say between season one and season two, we, we got a very good response. Uh, you know, more, I mean, much better than what I'd expected in season two. And yeah, hopefully now, you know, nothing, nothing can, uh, can come in the way and, and we can slowly, uh, you know, keep building from here. Right. Now, we often speak about when we talk about football or the action on the pitch, we often say about how important it is for the kids or athletes, uh, players to have good game time for them to improve. But uh, in hindsight, you know, like you mentioned, the referees need to improve, the coaches need to improve. So for all of them to improve, uh, there needs to be more game time. Uh, so how important do you think have you, you know, paved this path for even the young coaches um, who are out there probably with their, you know, C or D or even B license at that grassroots level, uh, taking up coaching roles. How important it is for them also to showcase, uh, you know, have, and have that game time? Correct. Uh, you know, it's the, the league, as we call it, it's the double pass development league, right? And development being the key word. Um, while players are the key focus and, you know, making sure players get the best experience out of it. But like you rightly said, it's the coaches who ultimately are driving this. You know, they are the ones guiding these kids. Uh, they are the ones also coming in week in, week out. Uh, so yeah, that's that's the... Uh, we've, we've actually seen coaches also go on a journey. Just like how a player is going on a journey of, of you know, 20 plus matches. Uh, even the coaches are, are doing exactly the same. Uh, you know, they face, they face different kind of, of opponents every single week. Right. So, for example, if, if you're a coach who's just entered the ecosystem at, uh, at a D license level, or nowadays you even have the E license level, right? Uh, these people coming in, um, for the first time, they, they are able to connect their training sessions to a match, right? They are able to prepare with their kids based on the opponent, actually twofold, based on the opponent that's coming up. And at the same time, these coaches can experiment with their own, their own strategy, their own philosophy that, that they're trying to build. You know, so this kind of a platform, I think, is important. Uh, and competition, and, and like I said, competition is what will organically bloom this ecosystem. You know, the fact that there are matches happening, uh, more people will join, uh, more referees will be required. And then the referees will start doing their own, uh, you know, more referee workshops uh, will be conducted so that more people are are inducted in the system because more matches are happening. Um, you know, at the same time, uh, if, if there are more age categories happening, academies need to hire more coaches as well. Um, you know, so yeah, it's it's a journey, Siju. It's a, it's a journey that that these coaches and players have to have to embark on, and I think some of the learnings that that they take away from this is, you know, handling match situations. You know, handling pressure uh, at this age. Uh, if if you're a, if you're a young coach and you know you you get the experience of you know playing a very tough opponent one week, and then the the very next uh, week you have you know, a not so, not so tough opponent, but how, how do you, how do you manage your squad for that? How do you, um, you know, utilize the, the limited time that you have in training to, to prepare for this kind of an opponent? What are your objectives um, that you're trying to achieve from that game? So it's, it's a journey and every coach, I think, learns differently in, 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 in this process. And, and I think it's our job to, to give, give them the best experience uh, at the league.
Right. Now, what do you think would be the probably the drastic shift in the response that you've got from all the stakeholders, including the players, uh, the parents, the coaches, everyone, the clubs and the academies from the time that you probably approached them in the first and now that you know, you're into the season two, what do you think has changed in their response towards this a league like this? Um, yeah, I, I think it's about it's about giving I think these coaches and parents, uh, you know, when they experience this, uh, when they experience the league, when they experience that their child is taking away something from it, you know, they they want to keep coming back. So I wouldn't say there is a drastic shift. I think it's it's about constantly, you know, working hard, working um, working towards improving the league day in day out, and uh, and I think just like how season one was was a resounding success, you know, where we were able to. Uh, impact so many kids and and give them so much game time. I think the people just wanted to experience that again. So I wouldn't say it's it's a massive shift, but it's about engaging with them week in week out, uh, and uh, and yeah, just getting them uh, getting them back. You know, and just just to give you an example, like this season, what we did differently from from first is we are now trying to you know let's say add a bit more value to the people who are coming in. So. The podcast that that we've started, for example, is is aimed specifically for this audience, right? Uh, the parents and the coaches and the, and the kids who are coming, you know, just giving them some sort of uh, some extra value that they can take back, you know, whether it's it's talking about talent development, bringing experts uh, in to uh, to to share stories and anecdotes from their careers, and 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 you know, just inspiring these kids and parents to to continue staying involved. I think. That's that that's been step one for us to to just continue to engage with these people, and at the same time, what we also want to do is now start holding workshops for parents, right? On 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 very simple basic topics of you know nutrition, um, injury prevention, um, you know uh, maybe talent identification and recruitment for the coaches, uh, you know how to how to build your own coaching methodology, your own philosophy. You know that's these are things that that we want to bring in experts and and kind of give this information out to to the coaches and parents because ultimately it's all going to come back it's going to come back to the league in terms of performance and and producing uh, better players right and now you know when i was reading about you and uh, on your linkedin profile it also mentioned that you're working for fifa's high performance project in 13 countries now if you can probably explain that in a little more detail uh, what is this project about and how is it going Yeah so uh FIFA actually came up with this project in 2020 the the FIFA high performance project where their objective was to conduct uh you know an in-depth analysis of what's happening in each each and every member association you know in terms of talent development uh there has been let's say a huge gap uh that's been you know and and the gap is just becoming larger and larger between uh the european uh, market and and let's say the asian market just as an example you know countries like spain belgium england uh, they're just moving at such a rapid pace uh, in terms of youth development structures uh you know the rest of the world is is playing catch up and fifa has has kind of realized this that this is actually reflecting on the competitive balance at the fifa competitions right it's it's only those few countries that are uh, that are you know standing out in terms of uh you know uh in terms of 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 results also so i think fifa's main objective was to reduce this gap to bridge the gap between uh the developing and the developed football world so i think our role uh, and and my role on this was to uh to analyze the 
the most elite high performing environments in in these 13 countries so i was assigned mostly countries in in asia uh, right including including india south uh, south korea uzbekistan and you know the uh, some of the oceanic countries as well and and my objective here was to to analyze what's going on to understand more uh, how these elite environments in these countries work whether it was uh, you know analyzing their documentation conducting interviews uh, watching their training sessions um, you know conducting surveys you know observing yeah observing training sessions like i said uh, it was you know it was like doing a complete in depth analysis of of what's happening there and then producing uh, producing the results back to fifa so um so yeah that's that's basically what we did and now fifa is coming up with the next phase of this so this was phase 1 which was purely an analytical phase where we were just trying to understand what's happening in each uh, environment and now phase 2 i think fifa wants to um kind of have a customized approach for every single member association because the way talent is being developed in in spain is very different from the way talent is being developed in in hong kong or in or in china or in uh, uzbekistan so going in with with a customized approach to every single country i think that's that's going to be fifa's next uh, next objective and uh, and yeah hopefully the that will reflect in in the fifa competitions uh, as the competitive balance becomes uh, slightly better now you mentioned that you want dpdl to grow in other cities in the country as well so if i may ask uh, have you all have you guys already been working on the next city that you're tapping into or is it too soon uh, to think about that Yeah, so we we guys are uh, very much looking at uh, looking at other cities and and very actively looking at it as well. In fact, the city that you're sitting out of right now, uh, Bombay, that's that's the next uh, target that we have. Uh, we we've already done our initial groundwork, and uh, and yeah, very soon we'll be we'll be launching there. Uh, but it's not just Bombay. Uh, you know, it's it's also looking at uh, Delhi, which has a very very strong. Uh, um schools network as well which is which is actively involved in football it's we're looking at chennai as well which uh, you know which is slowly uh, starting to emerge kerala obviously is is uh, a hub and and hotspot for a very long time uh, so yeah we 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 are very uh, open to to going to to these cities and and yeah that's that's the vision it, it, these are uh, things that don't let me sleep uh, siju i mean these are conversations that that really give me sleepless nights because i'm just so uh you know excited to to go and expand this and and give this experience in in other cities as well well i must then say welcome to bombay and uh, we are all here to probably push you and you whatever support that you need uh, we are right here whether it's through the podcast or through whatever works that you need on ground as well count is in part of your team thanks to you absolutely <laughs> Thank you so much for your time and I know you are running around with uh, the closing sessions of uh, closing matches of the DPDL currently uh, but you still took some time off and thank you so much It's it's a it's a pleasure to be on the show um Siju I think uh, what what you guys are doing you know just documenting stories from Indian football uh, you know getting getting people onto the show I think this is a huge service to Indian football to be very honest um you know just documenting these these kind of conversations and uh it's it's really an honor to be here and i i look forward to hosting you uh, at the leagues very soon yes uh, next time in bangalore i'm definitely pinging you and if i'm at definitely at the uh, premises of south united football club uh, where the league is happening 
you will hear from me soon uh thank you once again sarthak and thank you to all our listeners uh, i hope the delay was worth the wait and thank you so much for all the love and appreciation continue to subscribe and follow to our show we are available on all the leading audio platforms this is the totally indian football show and i was your host siju thank you once again 